0: Welcome to Daddy vs. Doctor. Here are your hosts, pediatrician Dr. Scott Cohen and comedian Sebastian Maniscalco.
1: Uh, we are with Rich Eisen. Known you for five plus years. At least. He's been on your show
2: plenty. I feel like I've plenty. known
0: you for a long time. Yeah. I feel like I grew up with people like, like you, me. Sebastian. I how about, really do. How about Scott? That do you, do, no, no, you d- I d- feel d- like d- I, d- I d- went to summer <laughs> camp with <for that. laughs> you. Right, yeah.
2: That's you that's know, what like, we did growing up we, in Maryland. I went we to school for summer with Christmas. Sebastian
0: and went to summer camp with you. That's the way I feel. I don't know if that's tell a tell or a window. I think, but, I think it's a tell. Okay.
2: Yeah. Um, ask him how he feels about summer camp. Listen, he doesn't get it. Let's jump it. Let's
1: jump Let's get in. I want to get right into camp. Yeah. I never went to camp. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. Uh No, f- no, um, friends. no friends. <laughs> no football. No baseball. No soccer camp. It was camp, but it was like I went for a few hours. I came home.
2: Are your kids
0: mm. sleeping? Oh yeah, at camp. They sleep away. They're in Maine. Okay, they're Everybody in Maine.
2: Go, Wisconsin and Maine are big from LA. They're
0: big. Yeah. My wife's from the New England area. Okay, where? So where we're uh, in the you know Boston proper, okay. so in another boring. in a, another spot. Got it. A hamlet about half an hour out of town. So... Here's my summer camp experience. I'm a I'm a I'm a New York Jewish person. I'm a okay. New York Jew. Are you a Mar- uh, Maryland Jew? Okay, very good. Yes, exactly. So um we so camp. sleepaway we camp. camp, Catskills. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. Um was
0: was the first location, Camp Loconda, Okay. Uh and then Trails End Camp in beautiful beach Lake, Pennsylvania. Oh. Um and my parents were both New York City public school educators, which means they were the people who would staff. The camp because okay. camps usually have a lot of educators because they have the summer off. So my summer camp experience was going to a sleepaway camp that my parents were at. Oh mm-hmm. wow! See, oh that, wow! That that, yeah. that ain't bad. Is oh really? no, that's, well, no well, that's, that's not good. Sucked. That's horrible for the kid. Yeah, 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 yes. Of
1: course, I think for the parent having the kid within eye shot at camp, yes, would be something.
0: Well, the issue for me was my dad was the group leader he was in charge of the group of bunks for the age group that i was in yeah. and so when they wanted to defy authority when the kids would defy authority when when my bunk bunk 8 turned into lord of the flies in um uh, <laughs> in glen Spey, new york where camp locondo was located i would be the one going like hey let's let's all not do this. I would be the stick in the mud because <laughs> the, the authority <laughs> yeah. they're defying is my my dad. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know if I should curse on this show no, or not. It's fine. It's, it's fine. But it I, just plays in my office. He was but it's my fine. dad. <laughs> you know, like so. And then visiting day would happen, and parents would come, and for me it would be like, what's special about this day? Like I don't, I don't know. And all the other kids would be losing their minds, and then when visiting day, I've, I've I've now learned visiting day from the visiting parents' point of view, which is I have now done for all three of my kids. Visiting day at a sleepaway camp goes something like this. Awesome when you see them. Great moment. Pictures all around. Reunions happening. It's great. Then the next hour, you're seeing them in their element, seeing how they're growing as people, meeting their friends, hearing from the counselors how they're adjusting. That's great. Then you have lunch, and that's great. And then doom starts to set into the mindset of your child that you, as your parent, is about to leave them again. And the rest of the afternoon turns to absolute shit until the time when it's time to go, and it's like Sophie's Choice, literally. Wow. You know, and it's... I am I might be overdramatic about no, it. No, no, I think, I I think know. That it's like stages of grief. Because this does not you know? involve Nazis, but, you know, I, it, it is something that is really intense. But when I was a kid in camp, all the kids would be crying that their parents left in the bunk, and then all of a sudden the tears would stop, and all eyes would just go to me and go, "Your parents are still here, aren't they?" <laughs> and I would so see. That's I gotta, my my whole tale of woe about no, my
2: this. Is camp. so true because I jokingly said to my daughter, but I played it up for a couple of days. I said, "I'm going to be a doctor mm-hmm. at your camp this summer." Oh, okay. And she goes, No. And I go, Yeah, Aubrey, this is going to be great. Daddy gets to do all the activities that you get to do. And I'll be there. And, you know, you won't see me, but I'll be watching you. And she was really upset. And I let it go for a couple days. And then I said, No, that's not really happening. Yeah. That's no, they, they don't want. They don't want us here. See, you. He's always said he doesn't like summer camp because he feels that the bad seeds mm. impose their will on the good seeds. But I look at it differently, and I think you feel the same. It's a growing experience for the kids. They come actually back much more mature. Yeah, the time away is a good time. And as a parent, what you learn. The best part about summer camp is, they're at summer camp.
0: That is true. Uh, I have. Uh, reacquainted myself with my wife Mm. over the last six weeks and in the same way that visiting day impending doom sets in Mm. on the kids (laughs) when you realize the parents are leaving our two boys returning this Saturday love them Yeah, love them very much I think I have Dad of the year qualities, all due respect to everyone here, but we're having sense of doom, like our time together is it's, the curtain's about like to art. close. Yes. And but it's 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 all good because it is true that the kids in summer camp definitely learn coping on their own as opposed to leaning on you as a parent to help them cope with their problems. Like, hey, you are on your own, and also in this 21st century, which we didn't have to deal with as well when we were kids, these summer camps are tech-free. It's they're the best off part. their phones, they're off their iPads, they are literally putting pen to paper and writing are you you Are
2: you getting the letters?
0: Interestingly enough, yeah. they write them down, And then they're emailed to us.
2: Oh, see, that's a better process. So we're allowed... We email, and they print them out and give Give it it to the kids. Put it on their But they have to write back to us, and they make them do a certain number. And I get one saying, Dad, I really don't feel like writing. Just know I'm having a good time. I'll see you in two weeks. Yeah, and my son is about to turn
0: 15. He's at a teen camp for the first time. And they let them email every now and then. And then they let them email just unfettered access because the older teens can handle it but my son you know he's a little tech nutty kid and he's like emailing us three four times a day and we're like hey listen we're only going to respond to one so send us one and then about two weeks later he calls my wife on her cell Uh and we're like you know was it you get arrested this is your one phone call like what is going on he goes actually I found out we can make calls and we're like that's terrible. That's not a good thing at all. And at the end of the conversation, he says to my wife, "Talk to you tomorrow." And she goes, "No, you won't." Right. She goes, "You will not call us again. We will see you. You know, well, we, we will see you when we see you." And then the next day, um, uh, our nanny co- tells us, "You know, hey, guess who called me?
1: Yeah.
0: He called her." Oh God! And. And I'm like, you know, what's next? Like strangers and local radio stations? <laughs> like, what's he, like, what's he doing? Like, wait a minute, this I, is not I, I love what this. it's about. I,
2: I found my person because you are so out of your element right now. I'm when, stunned. You have no, because <laughs> I bet he understands when we used to write our parents. Because no kid wants to write their parents. They would make stationery where you check the boxes. Yes. Do you remember that? Yes, yeah, sure. I'm yeah. doing. Good, great, yeah. eh, whatever. Check, And you just do it just a send to send yeah, I
0: created a box where, yes. you know, like, send help. Get my parents See, out of here. this is nostalgic to me. You know, I love this. But, so my parents are like, you know, my dad who passed away a few years ago, but my mom will always say, you know, we terrorized you at the camp thing. Is that what you're saying? And I'm like, you didn't terrorize me, but, you know, I got through it. Uh, but there, there is an aspect, again, to uh, Sleep Away where they're, you know... How old are your kids? Your kids are young, Six
1: right? Six and four. Yeah, at some so. point,
0: like, they're going to end up having to cope in their own shit themselves as opposed to calling you up or your wife. And, and summer camp's a great way to to figure that out.
1: Yeah, well, the only camp I went to was called Camp Hastings. And it was uh, two two nights, two nights. <laughs> and uh it was awful just where, where terrible. was this this was in chicago yeah. it was sponsored by the school there was no six weeks no communication none That's of that awesome. stuff italian people need to be in constant contact <laughs> every day of the week all right you can't just send your kids and not know what he's doing for seven days mm. but i'll i'll probably Succumb to the camp you're idea. One hundred percent. My wife went to camp. Everybody went to camp. I just can't relate. Where'd she to, go to camp? I don't know. She went to... <laughs> she, she she's Jewish. She's Jewish too. Yeah, okay, there you go. All right. A common theme. We're yeah. getting somewhere. I feel like the. I feel I feel like it's a, a Jewish
2: oriented thing. Camp. Yeah. No. A little bit. No, because my wife no, is, is Roman a, Catholic, actually, Western Pennsylvania, yeah. and she's she's like him. She goes. I don't understand summer camp. I didn't know anybody went to summer camp. I never went. And the whole time, I'm like, this is what you look forward to all year. So as my kids got older i'm like they should go and she's like why should they go and it wasn't until they were actually in their teens that they I went
0: i saw a story i think the new york times just did a story on how summer camp was uh like a crucial sociological um movement amongst american uh jews who emigrated to the to the country oh, really? yeah something not to get All too right, deep into that up. so no, hey, again sure. i go. don't know that's why again I that's grew they, up with you and I went to camp with you. <laughs> pretty
1: much it, you know, for me. So, so how are you navigating? You're talking about uh, technology and what have you. Yeah. Kids are at camp. They don't really have access to it. It's great. What are you doing at home about iPhone, iPad,
0: when is a good age to get one? Have you and your wife struggled with this? Yes, we struggled with it because we all um didn't plan until giving our uh our son a phone till the eighth grade, and a whole bunch of parents signed a document wait until eighth, um, and so many of them just coughed up the phone in the sixth grade. and so we would get the you know son coming home saying... You know, it's not fair. But also, the thing that's really jacked up is my 15-year-old hit the fifth grade uh, during the pandemic. Mm. And so, the pandemic changed so much for these kids in terms of the phone and the iPad being the methods of communicating with the The outside world. Socialization. And also Uh with their friends. So, if you're taking away phone time, you're taking away um the gateway to communicating and mm. i find when we went to school the conversation about when you got to school was about what happened yesterday in mm. school yeah. or in an after school program right yeah. now it seems like the conversation with these kids when they get to school is about what bullshit they were texting each other at midnight the night before Mm -hmm. and if my son's not on that which he's not we take the phone is removed 8 30 9 o'clock which may be punitive to a kid who's about to turn 15 but that's what we're doing Mm -hmm. and um but there's stuff that's going on between the hours of nine and midnight
2: that is the first order of
0: business at school the next day and if you're out of that mix you're like what happened and you yeah. feel disjointed and feel removed, and and if you're in the know, well then it's now advancing something. And these kids don't know how to communicate in text, and I also find that leads to the fact that they can't communicate face to face as well because of no these devices. Yeah. So so we're we're dealing with that the best we can, um, and the pandemic really jacked up mm-hmm. these kids of these ages, you know, and um, things are going to advance to the point where. You know, when your kids get older, not to freak you out or anything, but I mean, advances are going to be through the roof with AI and all this crazy shit going on. I just remember sitting around. I playing a Thursday night poker game here in L.A. I've been doing it every every week since I moved here 20 years ago. And like 10, 10, 12 years ago, we're sitting at the poker table. It was about 10 years ago and a friend of mine had his laptop to his left, and I was giving him shit, and I'm like, what, we're not interesting enough for you? The cards aren't tumbling your way, that you're on your laptop? And he's like, no, my son just broke up with his girlfriend, and they both just changed their Facebook status to single, and I'm monitoring the chatter amongst all of his friends at the school. I remember thinking, oh, my God, like, that's what I got coming in the future here. And that's what you have to do as a parent now is monitor that and absolutely look at their texts a million percent. Yeah. See what they're saying to each other, what they're saying. How is your child responding in a world where one misused word or one misconstrued word or one dopey, stomp, stupid use of the word by your kid could change their entire social structure and view of the world, It's I mean, that's why we talk to
2: teenagers now. I mean, it's unfortunate. There's really no second chances. I mean, think of all the dumb things we did as kids and in college. Imagine doing all those things and somebody was videotaping you doing all Mm -hmm. them. Now, everybody's watching everything. You know, we joke, we say, you know, you're going to be on a group chat 100% of the time. There's always at least one dumb dumb on the group chat and everybody blurts out the name of the person. And I go, yeah. And the problem is if they're doing something inappropriate or talking negatively about other people, guess what happens? Everybody in the group now gets in trouble. Whether you said something or not, it's not fair. But that's how things work now. I try it's to tell hard. my
0: kids this story when I first got to uh, Sports Center in 1996, and all I wanted to do because I was in stand-up in college. Again, what you do for a living and how good you are at it, it I have nothing but the ultimate respect for what you do and how you right. do it. It's I mean it. I'm not just saying it because I'm here on your pod and in, in in your spot. But um, I I loved the the. The environment, nothing's tougher than trying to make a live audience laugh. And so no, I... Not
2: like med school or anything, but that's okay. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I to, I'm, to, I'm totally kidding. I'm talking kidding. about, I'm talking I'm about totally shit I've done. I, I just give him the <laughs> oh hell. Oh I mean, okay. <laughs> you felt left <laughs> out. So no, no, it's, it's all good. No, I know. It's all right. Eye, I get a little... Uh, <laughs> there's no I in doctor. No, no, no. Oh no 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 okay. Wow,
0: man. <laughs> so... At any rate, uh, I, I I got there and everything I said was a joke. It was a gag. I try to make everything a joke and a gag, and and sometimes the news and information would suffer. I wasn't delivering it because I was so excited to be on Sports Center and and making jokes and and that was my default. And I just remember finally finally getting to go out on an assignment outside of Connecticut, outside of the bubble of the Sports Center studio. And my first assignment out was in the old Boston Garden. Um, uh, covering uh, the Celtics, hosting the visiting uh, Seattle Sonics, who at the time were the Gary Payton and Sean Kemp and Detlef Schrempf and Sam Perkins 60-win team on a roll. And um, so that's why they sent me there to cover them. And as an aside, I sat underneath a basket in a press row seat next to a longtime scout of the Celtics, Al Lewis, the grandpa from the Munsters, moonlit as a diehard NBA scout. I couldn't believe I'm like sitting next to Grandpa Munster, who had a great comedy (laughs) club in Staten Island, by the way. Um, Anyway, long story short, the reason I'm telling the story is I remember going into the locker room afterwards, and I... I remember going in there and this was kind of a surly team. They had just whipped up on the Celtics by 15. I thought they'd come in all, you know, hyped. You know, my vision was like the white shadow and the players would come in and start singing, carry, you know, a barbershop quartet and have a good time. But they were just like pros and like all surly and their faces were like staring at everybody. And I thought to myself as they all stared a hole through me and like, oh, shit, what did I say on the air? Uh-huh. over the last year, did I talk shit about Peyton or Camp Sh- or any of these guys? Did I make fun of them that one out an air ball and a highlight because that's uh-huh. what I would do. I would oh, do. All- yeah, yeah. so i I said to myself, I hate this feeling, and I the rest of my career will only say anything into a microphone that I'm comfortable saying to somebody's face. The microphone should not be something that removes myself from civility or anything that I would say anybody to someone's face. And I tell my kids this story, whether they listen to it or not, that you should text the same way. Like, before you hit send, anything you put into text, yeah. would you be comfortable saying it to the face of the person you're sending it to? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, you're not sending it. Yep. And I just think there's too many kids that, that just have uh the the toughness like people you call them twitter tough you know mm-hmm. when they're on twitter they'll sure. they'll talk shit to you behind their avatar that's not their face and behind a bio where they talk about their religiousness but say the worst things to you right i mean that's that's the way a lot of kids are talking to each other so we take the devices away um my wife and i were just talking about when they come back from camp do we let them have their ipads and on any day that they're not at school you know, in the days leading up to school, and we're gonna kind of bring down the curtain there. Uh, we definitely put time limits on them. So when the hour is up, it comes down, and then you'll just, like, my wife and I will just be somewhere in the house, and we'll secure like, ah. damn it, you know? <laughs> and we're just waiting for the run, like, come up. Like, I'm on the phone with my friend. I need 15 more minutes, and it's just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, what is happening to my beautiful child?
1: And that story you bring up Boston Garden. I just want to take a small departure, please. I've never been to the old garden. Was it as bad as people say it was in bad in terms of what? Uh, no air conditioning, old, no amenities, yeah,
0: yeah, it was it was towards the end, um you know, if you weren't part of the Celtic pride, uh, a dump, you know yeah, like, yeah. i mean i I just. Um, I believe the United Center had just been built, um, and I had been in that. And I remember when the United Center got built in Chicago, they said that it was so big that you could fit the entirety of Chicago Stadium within the confines of the arena. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and you know, but you you looked out there in the parquet floor and and you know the overhang and all of that. It was, you know, you couldn't help but just feel the gremlins in the building. And it was well, just great. That, the locker room was ancient that. too. Yeah, off, awful. Yeah. Compared it, to today.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, today seems extremely vast and you're not really on top of the game, but the Boston Garden, those Chicago stadiums seemed like people were just like falling onto the floor. Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I, I, I w- went to a uh, Cowboys Redskins game, as they were known. Um, back in, when was it? Right after I graduated college in 1991. And I went on the season tickets, a family that had their tickets for Washington for decades. And it was two rows from the front of the upper deck in the end zone. And whenever anybody caught a ball in the back of the end zone, we had to get up and lean right over now. to see the back of the end zone. Like so, you could only see from just again, just two rows, and there's the the end of right. the upper deck. Yeah. Uh, and it only you could only see like the first two of the ten yards of the end zone. Wow! And you know you would feel the the shaking. RFK would shake when when they scored a touchdown, and it was wild. And then the same seats. They had two rows from the top of the upper deck, two rows from the front of the top of the upper deck in the new stadium, which is FedEx Field, and it felt like you were watching the game from Delaware. Like it was totally, <laughs> you're like you weren't there. It's yeah. totally removed. So, yeah, buildings are, buildings different. are different these days, do, for sure. Do any of your kids play sports? My oldest Uh retired um, at the age of five. Okay. Yes. Um, (laughs) We we, we hung his his T-ball pants up in the rafters. Um, He just really wasn't into it. Yeah. Um, And my youngest son uh, is totally into it. Same womb, brothers. They have totally different likes and dislikes. Um, And, um, you know, my youngest son tried to, like, he loved anything around. He tried to dribble a marble once, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like, he, he's totally into it. Yeah. Um, and so we're having two totally vastly different awesome experiences with our boys. And our daughter's kind of into it, and she's just into everything. She's she's awesome.
2: So being around sports and all these amazing athletes, yeah. how do you feel about the kids playing sport? Were you trying to push it? Or were you saying, ah, whatever happens, happens? Well, we, we
0: pushed them to start, yeah. you know, and then let them follow their their desires again my, my oldest son just really never liked it mm-hmm. Um he got glasses early on as a kid so um playing soccer kind of f- freaked him out a little bit because mm-hmm. you you know as a little kid you you look down at your feet to see the ball hit yeah. your feet and so with glasses like you couldn't glance down he literally had to put his head mm-hmm. into the action and I think that kind of flipped him out a little bit yeah. my wife found god bless her she found these um goggles uh-huh you know, like these Kurt, Kurt Rambus, Rambus looking things yeah. um, with um, that the bottoms were prescription. So he could actually look down. Mm-hmm. But even that didn't really remedy the soccer problem in baseball. Uh, first time kid pitched and hit him in the, in, in the hand. He was just toast. Was and that? it was just like, you know what? He's not into it. Let's find stuff that he is into and let him find that and grow. And he loves so many different uh, aspects of the arts and everything else. He's just not that into sports. Sure. He's not into watching it either. I, I showed him the Super Bowl. We had it, the Super Bowl between the, the Ravens and the Niners, the Har Bowl
2: uh-huh.
0: um, on DVR. I don't know why we DVR'd it, <laughs> um, but we did. And instead of him watching the game over and over again, he loved the the halftime which was at the time Beyonce and that was a big one and it yeah. was you know he loved that he also loved watching the the blackout you know cause remember the lights went out in the oh, third quarter yeah, of that yeah, one yeah. just watch ah, so okay. so he's not as into that but my youngest son totally is and um, you know I, I'm I find myself um, happily leaning on my sports press box, no cheering in the press box credentials where you just swallow. Your um, emotions, because when you watch your kid play youth sports and see the way other kids act and other parents act, mm-hmm. you know, the game can truly be on and afoot. And I don't want to be that person. So I do a lot of pacing and I don't say a lot, you know, watching my son. It's play a hard job to do. Play Little a, league yeah. Right now. Anybody yeah.
1: in your family express um, doing what you do for a living? Is that something that you? Um,
0: my my youngest son has has said that out loud a little bit, but again, uh, we we don't really, you know. My wife is in the business too, and she spent years doing sideline work on ABC and um, ESPN and TNT, and and um, you know she's hosting my show for me Friday when I'm going to the Hall of Fame. So they've got two parents who communicate and are not shy to a light or a camera, but we don't really voice that on them at all, you know, we'll just they've come to the show every now and then I did put my oldest on the air a couple of times um, and he was great at it, but if he wants to do it, great. If not, it's all
2: good. But they have to go to University of Michigan? That would be great. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's funny, Michael Irvin once told me that he told his child, there's three things you cannot change in your life you yeah. cannot change who your family is you cannot change what your faith is and you cannot change that you will go to the University of Miami is what he told uh, his kids funny. yeah so you know I feel, I feel the like way. the same line with my with my kids did you go to Michigan or what no
2: but I everybody all my good friends growing up everybody I feel like I'm an honorary Michigan fan because oh, okay. my college didn't have very many sports so Where'd I root for Cornell so uh, I went to
0: summer college in
2: Cornell did you really I did summer, wait wait yeah I, 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 wait, no, but, I know, no, but <laughs> so what year? what year Because I went to summer college there, and that's why I wanted to go there. I
0: think, uh, what year was it? I bet you it was 1985. I'm 50. I just turned 54. All right, I'm going to be 50, so not too far away. Okay, yeah.
2: But that's a funny story i visited michigan because all my buddies were going to michigan in dead of winter one of these minus 20 wind chill days yeah, yeah. and said why would anybody go here it's so cold visited cornell during the summer and all these waterfalls and gorges Beautiful. was like can't be much different than dc where i grew up and then choose 11 months later of winter i'm like i'm in a colder place yeah it's, yeah, it's oh, pretty wow.
0: friggin' cold there cold. And, and it's the hills there are very yeah. very steep very, very steep. steep i yeah. remember that in See, he knows. He knows all the places. Yeah, oh, I, okay. I I literally yeah. feel left out. Um, Wait, let's, let's no bring no in. How no. How can bring in? Uh, I
1: feel like it started. With do you, a eat and then a diet. Of yeah. you eat pasta? And then it died. Of course, I eat pasta. My
2: God. Um, so, we have a good friend in common. Good old that? Dom. We know oh, Dom. Dom said I was supposed to say. Do you know Dom? Of course I do. Yeah. yeah. Have, okay. you been, have, you been, have you been
0: going to Staten Island's Finest, the cheese shop at Beverly Hills? Have you been, there? been to the new one? To the no, new one? I have not
2: been to the new oh, one. It's oh,
1: fabulous. Yeah. So we did a podcast out of the new one. Did you really? Yeah, in the basement. See, you were really, you're were yeah. a good friend, man. Yeah, yeah. You're good people. Well, he, he fed us for... No, Actually, no, he charged us. What am I, what am I, what am I talking
2: about? I, ju- I just I, left God. him a message. I left <laughs> him a message before we got on here, and I, I said, listen, Dom, you said that he knows who you are, and That's I asked true. him, fact. and he doesn't know who you are, and I he thought mean, I was just naming names, and it went really bad. I legitimately had
0: his meeting. Balls last night and that is not a metaphor for anything uh, legitimately like <laughs> the turkey meatballs that you unfreeze uh-huh. and you throw in there i mean they're fantastic
1: being that i have younger kids than you yes sir what have you learned or what do you pass along as far as advice to younger parents um for example, are you the disciplinarian in the? Uh, no, in the no. So what people they're just walking all over you and
0: then. Uh, it, it, I'd like it, to think you know there's a, a grayer area <laughs> between not being the lead disciplinarian in the house and then a total. We're the same like, person. You know, well, listen,
1: it, does it come from pushover?
0: I mean, was your father a disciplinarian? Um, my dad, um, was not. Um, I think my mom was the strong disciplinarian in the house as well. So it does mimic, I guess, the way of um, of my upbringing, but um, I, I I am definitely somebody who will put a foot down, you know. But um, in my house, I would counsel to you, as the the parent of a six and a four year old, and I know you probably hear this a million times, but really soak in these ages, no matter how friggin' crazy it can get and how obstinate they can be and how nuts it is and how you know the the young aspects of these kids and you might look at somebody who's got a 15 and a 12 and a 10 and be like you know you don't have to worry about you know is there a corner of a desk or whatever you have to worry about that stuff but right now like it's it's a great age man yeah. these are great ages and you know, get on the floor with them, do that sort of shit before, you know, they get older, and yeah. and, and it's different.
2: Have you often. seen him walk? <laughs> his hip? We
1: had,
0: oh, you got hip problems? I got sciatic pain. It's like, you know. You still a, have that? You were telling me like yeah, the show it's the it's, last it's, time. It's, I told it, you I have this little Israeli guy who will walk on your back, and it'll be fucking brilliant. I, you got to get this guy. I, 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 can, I can give you his number. Sorry, he's unbelievable. I, I, I'm telling you,
1: he's The unreal. fact that he's Israeli... I'm just gonna go to him. Yeah, just, just the You're, fact that he's Israeli, um,
2: <laughs> and, and, and he went to it, summer it, camp. Well, I, well, I, I, I like how Israeli I'm telling you. Guy,
1: if you said if you said I got a guy that that does this stuff, I wouldn't have t- taken you but up. But the right fact it,
0: that he is Israeli
1: is a whole different I mean, thing. It, I feel I'm like he could you. walk on my back and then show me how to hook up a stereo. He can do that.
0: <laughs> he can absolutely do that. No question about it. And he will just—it'll be done. Well, I told you that the last time. I know. I know. I, I'm listen, telling you the, the sciatic pain has gone
1: away. Okay, that's good. I, yeah. Right. It's, okay. It's, it's, it's I have other issues, but at least that pain. Okay. Is gone. But getting back to the kids yes, and sir. their age, mm. have you ever thought, in your parenting life, what am I doing, covering the Boston
0: Celtics, whatever, mm. when I maybe should be at home? Oh, of course. I try not to miss the big things, but the Hall of Fame weekend, for instance, the Pro Football Hall of Fame weekend, is always on the weekend of my wife's birthday and my oldest son's birthday and I miss it every single year and as much as I am very fortunate to do what I do for a living I, you know you stare out at i 77 you know uh, in a beautiful Canton Ohio and you're like you know I should be home mm-hmm. of course but you you're doing what you're doing for a living to provide best you can also provide a uh, an example of a work ethic yeah, yeah. for your kids that I think uh, will definitely be noticed. I'm not on the road as much anymore, which is great. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a fort holder during the NFL season and doing my show every day. Uh, I'm in LA as much uh, as I've ever been, and I I do love that. But yeah, I do I do worry about that from time to time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I often talk uh, to people who have you know full blown careers, particularly yeah. fathers. Not that mothers don't, but just I'm um, around a lot, of, a lot of fathers, whether it be golfing or whatnot, and mm-hmm. how they kind of deal with the rigors of work and equally providing the attention that the kids des- uh, deserve at home. Yes, and I'm sitting here thinking sometimes, yeah gonna be playing in uh Funner, California tonight, mm. but why?
0: Right. You know, like, wh- right. And at some point you will make that part of your career that, you know, um you have reached a certain point where, you know, do the gigs here in LA, Vegas, whatever, where yeah, you yeah. can pop back and forth or whatever. But I- I'm sure you do love being in these spots. No, and, I do and doing your doing your thing for people who um love you and consume your your craft, um and you're going to them, which yeah. I think is an incredible connection that you can make with a fan. That's kind of why I like to do my radio show every day is I get, you know, I give out a phone number. You want to call and talk to me? Let's do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's a connectivity I love and I do miss the live give and take. Uh I did I've done some live versions of my show at Super Bowls with a live audience mm-hmm. I just love it. I yeah. love getting out there and warming up the crowd. I, I just love that sort of aspect yeah. of it. But at some point, you'll have to make a choice. Like, you know, maybe you cut back here or cut back there. But it's funny. One of my poker buddies told me, you know, when I f- had my first kid, you're going to love it. But they, they screw it all up. I'm like, what do you mean they screw it all up? That sort of thing. When you're on the road, you know, and they... God bless them. You know, they're awesome. You want to be there for me. Are you missing anything? Are you putting pressure on your spouse by not being there? That yeah. She's handling it. And then comes the, this aspect that I've, I've, uh, I've noticed in the very rare times that I'm home alone. That's happened to me this summer when my kids were out and my wife was out East, you know, in between the two camp visiting days, doing some things out there with our third son who had an intermission in his camp. Don't, don't get me started. but anyway, so she was out and I'm home alone and I'm um, in a quiet house and the first night, it was one of the most glorious things of all time where I'm on my own schedule and then I get to do things like leave a fork in the sink Beautiful. by itself yeah. all night. I take yeah. a class, <laughs> I fill it up, I drink, I take it whatever room I want. And I'll leave it there. <laughs> I'll leave it there overnight and I will do that. And I'm thinking to myself, "I'm yeah. you know, like and I'm then I think to myself like this is fast and loose. Like what the hell has <laughs> happened to me in my world and then it's now time to eat. And I'm like what am I going to I always plan eating around when the kids are eating. Right, yeah. Like so it's up to me to decide when I eat and what I want to eat like <laughs> what's happened to me you know like where what in the world is occurring in my life where suddenly after a day of this freedom i'm right, like it's, uh, it's too quiet yeah yeah like where are the kids like my scent like my universe is totally off
2: No, it gets boring this literally just right. happened. same thing one was at sleep away and my wife was with the other one uh, back east yeah. and i had one week yeah. and the first day i'm driving home from work i'm like Oh, at 6 o'clock. I feel like sushi. I stopped at a sushi restaurant, sat at the bar by myself. Oh, my God. And then I said, oh, I'm going to go see a movie. Nobody wants to see the new Indiana Jones. I'll just go. I sat in Indiana Jones by myself. I think it was the only one in the theater. And then by the second day, I'm like, loser. All right, now. <laughs> I, got, I got nothing. I got nothing. I was going to say creep. You yeah. said loser. But right, that's okay. Thanks.
0: Oh God. I know, that's what I'm like. They screw it up. Like back in the day, I got yeah. time for myself. I back when I was a bachelor, no kids, like I knew exactly what I was gonna do I'll eat when I want, whatever the hell I want. And I'm <laughs> you know, I'll do whatever I want, I'll go out or whatever. Now I'm like, wh- where do I find my, you know, my compass? Like where yeah. is it? So yeah, like when the kids are coming home, it's gonna it's gonna fill up the house and it'll you know um I'll I, I miss it when I'm gone and then when they're gone I miss it and you know, you can't win for losing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it's great. It's great. Wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. You know? So you
1: have this uh, run you do in a suit. Yes, right? sir. You've been doing it since, I think, 05. I yeah. was actually looking at your times. And 05, <laughs> Yes, sir. You actually did better recently yes. than you did yes. in 05. Correct. I never really. It's one of these things you see. On the, on, the, on the TV, yeah. you run it in a suit, yeah. right? And there he goes doing the 40 in yeah. a suit. Yeah. I never thought to ask though,
0: Yeah,
1: how did this start? Okay, I got the story for you.
0: <laughs> like everything in this business that we do, Sebastian, great things are bored out of sheer fucking boredom, okay? Totally in the television business, waiting around to do something. So it's the 2005 Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, two hours till the show begins. And I'm sitting in my suit in the um, second section, the second tier of the uh, old RCA dome, home of the Indianapolis Colts, in one of those domes like the Carrier Dome where air conditioning keeps the roof open. Uh. It keeps it up. So, long story short, I'm sitting next to my analyst on that night's show, Terrell Davis, future Hall of Famer. And we're just sitting there like barely staying awake. And you hear the hum of the lights and you hear the air conditioning, you're ready to go to sleep. And I just turned to TD, because I'd look down at the field and I see the 40 yard dash line. I'm like, how far, how fast do you think I can run it? And he goes, what do you mean? I'm like, how fast do you think I can run the 40? And he goes, right now? I'm like, right now, in my suit, in my dress shoes, the whole thing. And he just laughed. And I cursed at him and I went down and had no idea that the truck, which I thought was on a break, had people in the truck and that oh, wow. the person who was, you know, using uh, the cam was actually recording me and I ran the 40 yard dash in my suit. And, um, and then that night on that show that we finally got around to doing it, they surprised me with it put it on NFL Network, and I ran 6.77 seconds, which is a terrible time, because I'd never run a 40 before, and I'm in my suit and whatever, in my sh- my dress shoes, and they showed it. And the next day when we're shooting it, um, Mike Holmgren of the Seahawks was like, did I see you running a 40-yard dash in a suit last night? And I'm like, well, actually, here it is, and they showed it to him. And then Joe Gibbs came by, he re- and then suddenly people were requesting to see it. So I did that thought nothing of it, show up the next year in the uh, RCA Dome, and um, Mike Holmgren's there. And he goes, so you're going to run it again this year? I'm like, no. And he goes, you got to beat your time, no? And I'm like, actually, I do. You're right. Like, he's actually coaching me up, Uh getting that competitive spirit going. So I did it again, and then I did it again, and I did it again. And um, soon there was, when we moved to the, New dome, which is not really due anymore, Lucas Oil, they now had the ability to take 40 yard dashes from that facility and overlay them over previous run ones. So this technology existed is called simulcam. Mm-hmm. And what that wound up doing is they wound up simul my run with actual runs from that year's combine with actual athletes. And it added a very funny slapstick element that put this in a whole new level. Otherwise, I think I would have jumped the shark. And so it was funny of watching, you know, like RG3 be out of the screen before I was on the one yard line or giving me a five yard head start on the slowest guy at the combine and watch him run through me by the 30 yard line and beat me and so it was really funny and it kept going and then about seven years ago we decided to add a charitable element to it and now it's taken on a whole different life of its own where uh, I've run it here in Los Angeles due to the pandemic I did it in SoFi Stadium with actual um, NFL legends like Terrell Davis and uh, Rod Woodson. Uh, RG three did. It's funny. I was simulcam with RG three years ago, and then he showed up uh, last year at the Rose Bowl and ran a four four forty. Really? Yeah, like people were even talking about maybe he should come back in a suit. No, I'm the only moron okay. who does it in a suit because okay, that's right, my.
2: He's on camera now wearing. Well, suits, right? and so, so yeah. you're.
0: So long story short, the reason why I am faster. Yeah. is I'm now wearing actual running cleats. I'm wearing a suit, but I took off the lace-up Crocs, you know, and because I'm, like, going to blow an Achilles doing this thing yeah. in those dress shoes. So that made me faster, and I'm actually a little bit better Since at it. last time? Five, nine, four. Do you know when that was? About f- four years ago. Okay, are you practicing? No, it drives my wife nuts. During the- I don't do shit. <laughs> Just do one nothing. run a year? One run a year, uh, and she's like, "What? Like, wouldn't it be great if you actually trained for it?" I'm like, "Define great, you know? Like, what do you mean great?" But she's trying to yeah. push me to like, maybe I could show what's men slow- of a certain age. Right.
2: What, what's the slowest guy at the combine? The like, if I pound like,
0: if I actually the problem for me is the, you know, in the past the run was in late February, coming off the NFL season, not really a health nut. You know, when you're on T V all the time. But I need to find the discipline. And this year I think is gonna have to be it because um uh Tom Brady has now taken an interest as a fellow Michigan man saying, you know, like he came on my show um, a couple of months ago and uh berated me um and wants to put me on the T B twelve system a few weeks in advance and I can't let him down, so I might actually train for it this year.
2: I mean, he may be the one guy you could be faster than.
0: Um,
2: That's possible. (laughs) That's possible. It's entirely possible. But probably not. Yeah,
0: Probably not. But, yeah, it's been great. And, of course, you know, the the, um, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital element was introduced just when I was having my... um, My third and final child, um, my daughter and my youngest son was three and my oldest son, who's now 15, was about six, five. So it was about nine years ago when we started talking about it. And just, you know, as you know, I mean, what they do at St. Jude, there's nothing um, more um, remarkable than getting a sick kid better. And then parents don't see a bill like there. But for the grace of God go any of us so it kind of dovetails between you know yeah. growing as a parent and being able to try and affect change in a positive way through my idiotic run born out of complete right. boredom well, it's funny
1: it's like something like that you know I thought it was like oh this is planned he's doing the the 40 the no. it just comes out of the fact that he's almost taking a nap correct in the in a dome. That's right. And the next thing you know, it's uh, it's uh, it's the yeah. hottest
0: run on TV. It's pretty. It's uh, it's it's amazing. And we've you know we've raised a ton of money. And I just loved. The, I wasn't gonna do it the second year. if i hadn't run into Mike Holmgren saying, you know, you gotta that's beat true. your like. And that's what he said. A matter of fact, like, like a coach, like, you gotta beat your time. Like, what do you what are you doing? You know, like not thinking. Of,
2: we gotta go out in your backyard. What are you? What could you run it in?
1: Me. <laughs> I, I, I was at a beach yesterday, and I saw a guy running, and I told my wife, I like, go, look at this guy. It's like a gazelle. It was beautiful, just bouncing off the sand. And I said, uh, let me go see. Yeah. Videotape how I look when I run. <laughs> How'd that work? And I look, when I'm running now, I look like the sand is hot. <laughs> and uh, I'm just trying to get back to where I was laying down. And in a suit, Yeah. all these times, have you ever... Ripped something? Oh, a yeah. Button fly off. Oh yeah. Uh, I've shoot, ripped. I've
0: ripped uh, um, the, the following: I've ripped socks. I've ripped the pants inseam. I've ripped the coat, and my groin. Wow. Uh, yeah. Damn near tore it off the bone one year. It, 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 it's so stupid. Did you what stretch
1: I do. for this? No.
0: You just going. Out. I mean, I do a little stretching beforehand, but you know, it, it's it's that's not pretty either. I mean, none of it's pretty. None of it's pretty. Oh, at the, all. Stre-
1: the stretching is terrible. I mean even just to, just yeah, just the way we oh, yeah. look when we're stretching I mean oh, it's it's not great it's <laughs> we're talking about middle-aged terrible man No I'm just telling you oh, I mean, I know. I'm just I know. telling Full you grinds, Run, running, running after 50 I This know. is it. this is it it's this a bad
0: choice this is it You're but I'm doing it I'm downhill. doing it
1: Getting back to being a father. Yes, sir. uh, With the family. Um, Do you... I know they go to camp, but do you guys still do... Family vacations, yeah. Because I often see your Instagram, and and maybe maybe they're not pictured, but I think you you and your wife love to go to Italy and all the time. And, and oh my and god, is it? Do you do like wife trip and then family
0: trip? And how important is taking a family vacation? Uh, family vacations are crucial. I mean, we just went to Israel with the kids. Um, my, my mother-in-law um has a um tradition that she started with. Uh, my brother-in-law, that she takes the kids to um, Israel when the middle uh, child, because my brother-in-law has three kids, uh, is about to be bar mitzvahed or bat mitzvahed. So she did it for my brother-in-law's family, and now she did it for us. And it was incredible. You know, know, it's a challenge, uh, obviously, but we've been uh, overseas with them, and just so that they... Can learn a different language or see that there's more to life than just that. It is, it's imperative if you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did it, um, and then with the summer camp stuff, it's when you know my wife and I could steal away. Like last year for her milestone birthday, we went to Italy because it's that's that country is the greatest on the planet just in terms of um, hospitality, food, culture, history. Uh, friendliness to Americans. Um, it's uh, the language, and plus, my wife is fluent in Italian. Wow! Yeah, like great. she speaks it like English she herself, or she took it. Well, she's just smart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I that's mean, nice. so she took yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so uh, it's great. I just sit back and just let her ask all the questions. I've never
1: seen though the amount of intake of food on a vacation
0: that you that you do. <laughs> It. it uh, I get so much crap from my guys on my show that I. I like to Instagram out food. No, I like. To, I, 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 like I, I like to share. I like to share that. That's a. I. 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 When a. When certainly a dish in Italy, um, hits the table, there is a certain art to it. Mm-hmm. it. It does look beautiful. Yeah. And I like to you know I have a I have a style, um, you know plate, uh, glass of wine here or there in the foreground you know, take and shoot it. Oh, and, you set it up.
2: Yeah. Oh, oh yeah! Oh, wow. oh yeah! There's, there's an art he, this. Doesn't, he doesn't up forty on. yard dashes and suits, but the, Come on. the Italian meal. is yeah. Oh yeah! Oh
0: yeah! No! Oh yeah! And it's just as soon as it hits the table, you know, before I dig in, I got to put this here, that there, and I take a shot of it, and then I pop it on Instagram, and I put my phone away, and then people, you know, think that I'm showing off. Hey, that's on you. That's a, that's a yp. You know what I mean? That's that's not an mp. I do eat a lot on vacation, but I, remarkably, because it's in Italy and the way that they prepare their food, I don't gain any weight when I go over there. Zero. Really? Yeah. My nickname My nickname is the maintainer. Wow. wow. <laughs> on vacation. The maintainer <laughs> is in Italy. That's yep. impressive. That's it. That's it. I love it.
1: Now, gr- love Italy. now growing up, yeah. did you grow up in the same type of uh, economic environment that your kids are living no. Um no. Okay. Is there a point uh, that you go, "Man, I wish my kids would have known what it was like to grow up like me." Yeah. And I, an example I give is when we went to Chicago Stadium. My father took me to see Jordan. Yeah. But we were in the third balcony obstructed view. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I was just happy to be there because I didn't know any I didn't know any other closer seat. Sure. I was just there in the stadium. Yeah. And now Maybe you get to sit closer, and now you have, like, perspective. Oh, I was here, and yeah. now I'm here. Do you ever wish that your kids have these experiences that you might
0: have had so you could appreciate? Well, I think it's up to us to provide for them the manner in which we're able to provide for them, but uh, let them know how fortunate they are to be doing that. And uh, that's the trick. That's the that's the gambit. That is the crucial gambit please and thank you say please and thank you all the time look people in the eye when you shake them in the hand when they shake their hand look them in the eye when you're talking to them and understand that whatever we're able to provide for you um is something that we're happy to do because we didn't have it as children and we're fortunate to be able to provide it as long as we can um so that's the way i look at it but no matter what you say Yeah.
1: There's no experience like sitting in the third deck mm-hmm. and fearing for
0: your life up there, right? You can't, you, <laughs> oh, you can't also, even explain you it. You can't get away with all sorts of shit, but you can say that down on the court, sure. <laughs> no, but there, there is a certain charm, and obviously growing up there, the blue seats is what they were called in Madison Square Garden, all the way in the top. I sat in the blue seats quite a bit, sat into the second to last row of the stadium for the Jets AFC Championship game in 1997 when they went to Denver. My Wesley Walker game jersey from my camp days, just to bring it all full circle um it fit still and i was on sports center at the time people were like why is a sports center guy sitting in the second in to the top row of the stadium <laughs> i i i i don't mind doing it if i have to you know um if that's the way it is to get in and you know but otherwise you know we're seat geeking from rows c in you know what i'm saying like that's the target if we can do that so i don't it's f- a possibility <laughs> sometimes it's not sometimes it's out of the it's out of it's out of the realm but that's that's the idea. I do. I do like providing for them as best I can. Yeah. Letting them know it's it's out of the ordinary.
1: Yeah. I think that's the key is, is we're lucky enough that. to produce yeah. lucky enough to do it. Is there been a sporting event that you were ever in attendance at going? I can't even believe I'm witnessing. This. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: what what sticks out? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, no doubt about it. Um, I was the first host of. ESPN Radio's coverage of Major League Baseball. So, um, ESPN Radio had just been born a couple years before I'd gotten to ESPN. Their first major rights acquisition was Major League Baseball. So, <clears throat> they would have Sunday Night Baseball, the All Star Game, playoffs, the World Series. So, I was the in studio host to say, "Hey, welcome to this, welcome to that." But on occasion, we would go, we would go to the World Series games and the, and the All Star games. So I was the pregame and postgame host for this stuff. So my pregame at the 1999 All Star Game in Fenway Park was to stand behind home plate and be quiet so people would hear the proceedings, but then also fill in the the blanks and the on the dead spots of the introduction of the All Century Team, wow. um, which was unbelievable. Um, name anybody who was alive in 1999 who is an all-time great baseball player and they were there with the exception, I believe, of Pete Rose. And the biggest moment was when um, all the players, they came out, the all-century team came out from the garage in center field in Fenway Park and they all strolled out as one and took positions between first and second and second and third base. They lined up like that and came out the garage kind of like coming out of the corn. A Field of Dreams, and just to hammer that point home, the MC was Kevin Costner standing on the pitcher's mound wow. that he then seated way to when all the current all-stars were lined up from home plate to the corner bases to create this constellation of stars past and present, and then they... Um, got Ted Williams on a golf cart to throw the first pitch to Carlton Fisk, and I'm standing behind home, (laughs) five five feet away, like describing, well, here's the pitch. You know, as I believe it was Ken Griffey Jr. and Tony Gwynn keeping, um, you know, Ted Williams uh, upright to throw the pitch. And every all-star converged on um, the pitcher's mound. And wanted to talk to Ted Williams, or Koufax wanted to talk to Randy Johnson and name, you know, connective tissue from the current stars to the old stars. And I had to describe what was going on because it went on so long. The public address announcer had to basically tell everyone to break it up. We got to play the game. And um, then I had to get off the field, and I That's will amazing. never. I was right there, man. Wow. I mean, it was right there. And thank goodness it was my job to say nothing, because I, I'm, what are you gonna add? Uh, I'll never forget it,
2: That's
0: amazing. <laughs> I'll amazing. never forget wow. that. You're just the
2: talent, plus you're a New York guy, so it's like, all, yeah, all I, I mean, obviously, but,
0: you know, I, I got to cover mm-hmm. World Series when the Yankees were winning them all, and that was unbelievable too, I was very fortunate, and then left to go start NFL Network in 03, and completely flipped the script, I had nothing to do with football at ESPN, oh, wow. And then just moved out here in 03. We're celebrating our 20th year on NFL Network this Congrats. Friday. Congrats. Thanks. That's great. I had more hair when I started. And then the kids just <laughs> polished the rest right of it in. off. <laughs> yeah, they polished it off.
1: Well, I, I got to thank you for coming on. And it was was so nice to talk to you, get your take on parenting and, and your career. Uh, I, I know I've been on your show before in the past, but I like that I got to get to know you a, a lot more Thanks, here in, in this environment. I appreciate that. And you've inspired me. To, uh, to put a suit on Excellent. and and run a 40. I think you should. And uh, go to summer camp. Here's what we're
0: doing, yeah. um, Sebastian, and you've got till next April. Um, I'm doing it every year now here in Los Angeles at the Rose Bowl. Here's what you do. You run it on that day with me. You'll be part of the run. Uh, bring your wife, bring your kids. They run around the Rose Bowl. It's the most awesome day. There's kids from St. Jude there. It's fun. I'll give you the date. You're invited. You, you, now you do it. Do we race side by, by side? side or do we just do tough for time?
1: It's just tough for time. Okay. That's it. All right. We don't need to be that competitive. I don't, yeah, but believe me, what? if you were next to me, I'd definitely pull a,
0: <laughs> a, a calf. Oh, oh! I thought you'd say a fast one. Like suddenly stick your arm. No. Your, no, okay, no. Okay. no. I'd stick, be crippled. Like a little Mike Tomlin on the sidelines. <laughs> one of those things. But no, um, please do. Uh, and I'm, you know, anytime you need me on any pod and when this crazy ass infernal strike is over you come back yeah you know I will come back anytime let's talk so thank you thank you for having me nice Nice to meet meet you you. I feel like again like I feel like I'm back in camp we're finally
2: finally talking about something I know something about summer camp
0: bunk nine when I learned that Tom Seaver got traded you know like those days I feel like I'm back in those days feels good
1: The opinions expressed in this program are not intended as professional medical advice, as a diagnosis, as a treatment protocol, or as a substitute for professional medical advice from your physician. Please consider your own medical history and consult with your own physician for your specific health care and or medical needs and about your concerns for yourself and your family.